When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Off the Bench for Kubota diesel generators, for serious backup power, and first choice liquor for all your liquor needs. Ah, yes, welcome to Off the Bench. Another week is in the bank. So is all the dollars you've earned uh, working so hard over the past four or five days, and now it's time to put your feet up and relax, enjoy the show, and enjoy what promises to be a big, big weekend in the NRL. Uh, it is all thanks to Kubota Diesel Generators, Sirius Backup Power and First Choice Liquor. My name is Benny Jones, and alongside me, my co-host, the hostess with the mostess, uh, the man who obviously played a huge role in Penrith's 2003 Premiership victory and also represented Queensland in State of Origin. No less, uh, Scotty Sattler, uh, off your uh, off your deathbed, mate, to join us for Off the Bench, but uh, it's already been a big start to the weekend, and there's some big matches still to come. It has been, Benny. Also, uh, you probably have to regard Thursday night's result as a as an upset in mm. some cases, uh, the way the Brisbane Broncos have been playing. So, um, yeah, very impressive, the Broncos, for probably about 60 minutes in last night's game. South Sydney, on the other hand, well, they can't wait for their injuries to return. Johnston and Campbell Graham and, and also, of course, Greg Inglis uh, as, we, as we launch into the finals. But what a week it's been. It's been a dead set circus hasn't it yeah hasn't it benny with the uh the coaching merry-go-round and hopefully the brisbane broncos announcement this morning from ceo paul white starts to settle mm. the environment a little hmm. bit around coaching yeah i believe it when i see it uh, and it just shows you how much of a, a merry-go-round or circus as you've described it there sats it has been that uh, a little bit later in this segment we're going to play a bit of audio uh we spoke with pete bedell from news limited uh, one of the leading nrl journos only a couple of days ago and in fact thinking about our chat now a lot of what he said has been flipped on its head and there's been even more names, more clubs embroiled in this current coaching fiasco just to show you how uh, how much is going on right now in the NRL landscape. So we'll have that very, very soon. Uh, of course, we'll, uh, we'll get stuck into a great debate. Uh, it's got a little bit to do with coaching and one high-profile player that might be about to sign on the dotted line for another season and also a Makita Power player. But let's just get your thoughts, Sats, before we do replay that chat with Pete Bedell. Uh Brisbane, Penrith, St George, South Sydney, uh, even the Raiders in Canberra have been dragged into this. It's it's quite um, it's quite unprecedented, isn't it? To be at round twenty three, we should be talking about finals, premiership contenders, and all of that jazz. But at the moment, the discussion is all off field as opposed to on field. Yeah, Benny. I mean, I feel sorry for a lot of the coaches. Uh, probably Ricky Stewart down in Canberra, who mm-hmm. yeah, they've been embroiled in it as, as well. Um, as of yesterday afternoon, Trent Barrett was linked to Canberra. Canberra have come out and refuted that, and yeah. and uh, also um, feel as though that uh, yeah, they've been one of the clubs that have been left out of this whole scenario. <laughs> one of few clubs, and um, I think uh, with Manly, who knows? Uh, Wayne Bennett. Now that they know that he's going to be there in 2019, we spoke about that during the week. He's still got a contract, so realistically, he wasn't going to go anywhere. And um, I suppose that decision by the Broncos that saves Paul McGregor. At the Dragons, you'd like to think. Mm-hmm. And then Ivan Cleary had a press conference yeah. uh, Friday morning, and we thought this is going to be an announcement of some sort. And really, it was just to talk about the game at Leichhardt uh, on Saturday night against the Dragons. So, you know, 
as I said earlier on, I just hope uh, I hope the the Brisbane Broncos announcement this on Friday morning. I, I think I hope that has settled the landscape mm. a little bit. Embarrassing and expensive exercises for a number of clubs, as as we've seen in the last few weeks. So uh, as I said, we'll come back to that because I have a feeling that uh, the the coaching merry-go-round will be. Uh, part of formulating a great debate a little later on in the program. But uh, what we did do, Sats, yourself, myself, Gary Belcher, earlier on in the week on Sports Day, we caught up with Pete Bedell uh, from the Courier Mail. Now, this all sort of came off the back of Barbecue Gate, as they're calling it, when Wayne Bennett, well, he had a little shindig at his place, the CEO of the Brisbane Broncos, Paul White had one at his some players went to Wayne, some, some, look, a crazy, like a schoolyard situation. But anyway, we thought we'd get the thoughts of Pete Bedell, who's been across all of this and some, and get his thoughts on it. So this is what he had to say through the week on Sports Day. As Red Hill means red flags at the moment. Now, Barbecue Gate, who had rump steaks and who had T-bones? We just want to know which barbecue was the most popular one out of Wayne and Paul White. What's, what's happened in regards to this Barbecue Gate? Yeah, well, guys, I had the chicken breast, and uh, Darius had the salmon, and uh, I served some cocktails as well as the, as the waiter for Wayne. So uh, Smart move, get yeah, them pissed, and then they'll all start talking on cocktails. Good work. Uh... Especially Wayne, he's a two-sip Sally, the teetotal of Wayne. Um, oh, look, guys, it, it is a sad and sorry affair now, isn't it? It's just become, it's become toxic, it's become a soap opera, and I really think now that... The fish has, has rotted from the head and something needs to be done. It, it's quite a sad state of affairs for a club that is he's traditionally built on strong bonds and a flagship club in Queensland. Something now needs to be done to, to move on from this mess. Are you saying, Pete, when you say the fish rots at the head, are you saying that maybe Paul White and even higher uh, from board level that that I suppose the club is in this position because of the, the discussions they've had around outside of Wayne as the coach? Yeah, look, I just think the whole thing's been handled terribly. And to be honest, look, I think this is how it'll play out. Wayne Bennett will probably be sacked in the coming weeks. But I believe, to be honest, I believe Paul White and Carl Morris should go. I, To me, it's quite an emphatic statement, Sats. And you're a former player badge and yourself, Sats. When the players all depart a team luncheon put on by Paul White, the CEO, to go en masse to Wayne Bennett's house, He's still got the dressing room. There's no doubt about that. The players aren't off Wayne. And he's got the best young forwards coming through in the game. Now, for me, the way the administration has handled this whole affair has been terrible, going back to the way they approached Craig Bellamy, and they couldn't even land him. They've, they've, I believe Paul White and Carl Morris should go. Pete, if you're a player, you know, you've got to know who, who's buttering your, your, your bread. Wayne Bennett's picking him. They're not going to go... They're not going to stay at Paul White's place and say... Geez, I'd, I'd I'd like to to uh, to go to to Wayne's, but uh, yeah, if if they don't go to Wayne's, they're going to be seen as the players that don't support him. So I think they were put in a really yeah. tough situation. For mine, I thought the coach sort of said, "Guys, you got a commitment there. That's where you belong." Yeah, well, you're right, Badge. And look, the one concern for me is, and it's probably an illustration of the relationship between Paul White and Wayne Bennett. Why didn't Wayne go to? what was an open invitation for every employee of the club. Not mm. not just the players. This is an annual event hosted by Paul White out of his generosity for not only the players, but all the secretaries that work there, their staff, the, parent, uh, the, the partners and children. And I'm told that there were more than 40 people from the Broncos there that day. Wayne Bennett, as the coach of the club, wasn't there, which is a fair statement about he, he and Paul White's relationship. So 
it's become untenable, guys, and only one guy really can survive. And I think politically, Paul White will survive and Wayne will go. But I don't think strategically, guys, it's the best thing for the club moving forward because I believe Wayne Bennett's doing a good job there. So do you think Wayne will go at the end of this year or see his contract out at the end of 2019? Yeah, look, I think, guys, it's intensified to the point where... He will go in the coming weeks, Wayne Bennett. I think the initial sentiment was, you know, that the Broncos were happy for Wayne to see out his contract next year, but I just think there's been too much turbulence, too much drama, too much infighting, and I think you'll find they'll pull the trigger on Wayne if the Broncos go out of the finals. I mean, they still need to make it, but I don't think they'll go too far if they do. And if I think the minute the Broncos are out of the competition, unless they win it, I think Wayne will go. And the, and the Dragons are keen on him, apparently, from uh, from your story today. Yeah, well, look, I've spoken to some Dragon sources, guys, and they're quite adamant that there's already been a, a preliminary sounding out of Wayne Bennett. Now, it hasn't materialised into a formal offer, but I've been told that they're very much looking at Wayne Bennett. He's well and truly on their radar, and there, there'll be an organisational takeover soon with a new ownership structure at the Dragons, and I'm told the new board wants Wayne Bennett to be there and they're not convinced that Paul McGregor can get the job done as a premiership coach and there's no guarantee that McGregor will be there long term. I think Wayne Bennett will be a coach at the Broncos in 2019. I I really do. I I think someone else will be sacrificed when the playing group has has openly said that they they want to play for the coach. Now, um, as his replacement, Pete, we've uh, we've heard many. Uh, Seabold, Anthony Seabold of the Rabbits, He's come out. Now, do we believe Anthony Seabold when he comes out and said, says he's never spoken with the Broncos? Is that code for, but my manager has? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, so that's, you know, how clever these clubs are these days. I mean, they do things through third parties and they stay at arm's length while having covert negotiations. I'm sure there's been some chat from someone at the Broncos to his manager. I have no doubt there's been an approach. Uh, look, I think Anthony Seabold's uh, quite a man of integrity. I mean, he's done a great job at South. So I, I'd be surprised if he left the Rabbitohs. I mean, Russell Crowe will give him every resource he needs to be successful. Um, maybe, though, if they win the comp this year, Seabold might say, well, I've done the job here. I can go to the Broncos and deliver a premiership there. So I wouldn't rule out Seabold. But, guys, it's a bit of a tricky one. I mean, he's got another year on his contract. So if Wayne goes this year... Do they look at a Kevy Walters, perhaps? Well, I mean, what do you think? Well, that's Kevy the next Reed question I was going to ask you. I, I I believe you. I, I agree with you, I should say. I don't think Anthony Seabob will leave one of the proudest clubs in rugby league history where he's got all the resources and, and support that he that you want. Um, but what yeah. what is the apprehension about Kevy Walters? Is it their apprehension surrounding a week-to-week success as a coach? Yeah, I think that's definitely a factor, guys. I mean, as we saw with Miamini, who was a wonderful origin coach, he didn't translate to being a great club coach before that at Canberra. So Kevy's still untested week to week in the NRL. I think he showed signs this year of being under pressure when, when the Maroons were, were losing, and I don't think he handled it very well. So, you know, it'd be quite an onerous assignment taking charge of the Broncos for 30 weeks of the year. They've, they've got so much scrutiny, as we're seeing now. So... Kevy would have to be ready for that. Uh, but look, I think everyone has to get their chance at some point to show what they've got. And Kevy's done it at other levels. Like, he did well at Intrust Super Cup level, and he's been a good coach with the Maroons. So perhaps, guys, at, at what, 51 years old, I think Kevy's perhaps ready for it. Mm. Hey, what else are you hearing just quickly, Pete, before we uh, before we head on our merry way? Trent Barrett has put his, um, his departure uh, notice in to depart at the end of the year from Manly. The Panthers, what's going to happen with their coaching positions? Well, 
Look, guys, my understanding is Wayne Bennett definitely won't be going to Penrith. He's aware that he and Kilgore just can't work long term. So I'd be shocked if Wayne Bennett ended up there. Um, Look, I really don't know who else would coach Penrith. But, guys, I'm hearing just an interesting one. I'm hearing in relation to Ben Barber. Now, he's coming back to the NRL next season. He's asked for a release in St. Helens. And Mm. I'm hearing there's a couple of clubs keen... Cronulla, I don't believe, will get him back because they're keen to retain Valentine Holmes. But don't be surprised if he ends up with the Cowboys. They need some spark in their back line. And if they don't get Val Holmes, the Cowboys, I think Barber could be an option for them. Well, there you go. One to leave us with. Thank you very much, Pete, as always, across all the news. And, boy, there's been plenty of that over the past couple of weeks. Thanks, as always, for your time here on Sports Day. We'll speak to you again soon. No worries, boys. Anytime. So Pete Bedell joining us on Sports Day earlier on in the week with his thoughts. And as I said, Sats, really in the 48 hours since we've spoken to Pete, that, that whole landscape itself has changed. And you know, we're hearing other clubs brought into it. Now the Broncos are suggesting that Wayne will definitely be there in 2019. We're going to talk about it in our great debate. But do you buy that? Do you, do you think that that's a fait accompli now that the CEO has come out and said that? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I think um, you can actually... It's, it's probably not a bad plan from... The CEO, Paul White, because he has got a contract in 2009, and the only way that he is going to be leaving the Brisbane Broncos is if he does it, one, on his own accord, yeah. or two, he gets sacked, which means it's obviously going to cost the Brisbane Broncos a fair packet, anywhere upwards to a million dollars to to exit Wayne Bennett from the, um, from the premises. But mm. I, I, think, I think by Paul White coming out and saying, no, he will be the coach in 2019, says... If you have been negotiating with another club yeah. and you have maybe maybe agreed confidentially with another club, we're going to put the heat on you to see whether mm. you actually walk into the office and actually resign yeah. at season's end. Or if he does stay there, I think I think it's a win-win for Brisbane. To be mm. quite honest, if if he doesn't if he does leave, well, it, I suppose it, it sits in the picture of of CEO Paul White and and some of their board members. And if he stays. Well, they still got a, you know one of the greatest coaches, if not the greatest coach of all time, who has a, a huge respect mm. amount of respect from his playing group. The players themselves, um, they love playing for Wayne Bennett. Anthony Milford, when we interviewed him on NRL Nation on Thursday night, he said, "Listen, we want him to stay. We like we love the coach." So, yep. um, when you've got that much respect amongst the playing group, you're you're three quarters of the way there. Okay, more on that a little later on. But now on off the bench, let's get stuck into a Friday night preview as uh, the Storm face the Eels. And Sats, just a couple of your quick thoughts on this game. Uh, we know that the Storm are coming off two bounces, uh, two losses on the bounce, I should say, which is is almost unheard of. Three, you know, I can't even remember the last time they'd lost three in a row. Uh, so you would think they'd still go into this game, and they will, rightfully so, as, as heavily backed in favourites at Amy Park. But... To suggest that they'll just uh, turn up and get the job done pretty simply uh, could be dangerous because the Eels, uh, as poor as the Dragons have been in the last few weeks, they they did a number on them, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. And you know, statistics will tell us that you know, there is an upset on the cards. Mm. Um, I don't think it will happen. I mean, this Melbourne Storm side, I'm not convinced with them entirely at the moment, Benny. And this is before they went back-to-back losses, the Melbourne Storm. My biggest concern is... They're playing against a side like the Eels that have really, you know, they've got plenty to play for. They don't want to receive the wooden spoon. Yeah. But also, bit of freedom. You though, take yeah. the shack. Yeah, you take the shackles off a little bit. You play yeah. outside of your your structures, and that's actually a good rugby league side when you got the ability to do that. The way they played last week against the Dragons is the side that we expected to see throughout the whole year from the Eels. But 
Melbourne Storm, my biggest concern for them is they've got three fullbacks that are playing in key positions. Mm. Jerome Hughes, well, he was named at number seven. He is a fullback. He's been now since has been replaced by Brodie Croft. And then you've got Cameron Munster, who has served Queensland and, and Melbourne so in a premiership year last year in the jersey number six. And then you've got Billy Slater. Yeah. Something's got to give there. Okay. So they need some stability, and that stability needs to come in the number seven jersey. And whoever that may be going through the finals, if it's Hughes, I think they're going to run into more problems mm. uh, than solutions. Uh, Brodie Croft has been named ahead of Riley Jacks, so he gets another chance, young Brodie Croft, to add a little bit of structure to this Melbourne side, which I think they'll be better for it. Now, their last meeting, of course, you have to go all the way back to the uh, the week one of the finals in 2017. It was an absolute thriller. The Storm on their way towards winning that premiership snuck over the line against a really brave Eels outfit, 18-16 at Amy Park. Last week, the Storm so unstorm-like against the Sharks, Sats, missing 41 tackles. They only went at 70% with their completion rate. So you can bet that Craig Bellamy, whether he gave them a rocket or just a subtle reminder of the standards that we know the Storm set so highly... Uh, they won't be recording those sort of numbers tonight. Well, I think what you can do against the Sharks, and I think what Craig Bellamy would have said to his side is, you know, we'd have to worry about the opposition because they've always been a side that's just, if they do everything well, mm. they win pretty much you know, most of their games, a majority of their games. What they did against Cronulla is they worried about Cronulla and what Cronulla can do to you and how Cronulla can take you off your game and take you out of your comfort zone. So... I think Craig Bellamy's biggest message to his team this week would have been, just worry about us. If we worry about us, we will beat Parramatta quite convincingly. But unfortunately, they've got some players on that side that are just losing their composure in key parts of the game against experienced campaigners like the Sharks last week. And yeah. if they do it against Parramatta, Parramatta, Parramatta can put on 24 or 30 points. And the Eels, meanwhile, uh, they, on the flip side, went at 93% uh, when they were destroying the poor old Dragons last week in that, that huge win. And you talk about timing your run to perfection. It won't be the Eels heading towards the finals, but maybe Jared Hayne towards another contract. Uh, how good was he last week? And I know there is some cynical types out there, Sats, that say, well, yeah, he, he does pull the finger out when the season is already done and dusted and when he has to put pen to paper, perhaps. But all you can do is play who's out in front of you. And at the moment, Jared Hayne, he's sort of rediscovering some of that form that made him such a feared player in this competition a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, we all know what he can do. It's just a matter of whether Jared wants to go into a season fit. You know, he didn't go come into the, the season of 2018 fit. And mm. Then he got injuries, um, a lower leg injury, a foot injury that, that uh, held him back for a long period of time. So when you're going into the season not fit, and then all of a sudden you get an injury where you're not running as, as, regularly, as, as regularly as like what you'd like to, it's... yeah. You know, you're just going to be further behind the eight ball, and that's what's happened with Jared Hayne. Unfortunately, through a lot of his career, Jared Hayne has, has never been a supreme athlete from a sense of not being match fit, but just just his own fitness and his own his, his own ability to to really commit himself to the cause. That's probably been his mm. his biggest concern because Jared Hayne, throughout his his teenage years, all the way into uh, into his NRL career, he never really had to challenge too much. Everything he's picked in every team, he was always the superstar in most teams he played in. So he never really had to battle and fight for a lot of things. And, yeah. And now that he's getting to a stage of his career, the back end of his career, when he didn't do the training and didn't have the base at the start of his career to help him at the back end of his career. Now he's trying to search that, and he is getting challenges put up against him. He does doesn't know how to how to respond and. Now that he's off contract, he's responding in the right possible way. Even if cynical cynics do say, oh, he's only doing it because he's, he's only up for contract, well, it actually proves he cares. Yeah. 
It proves he cares yeah. that he wants to keep playing. If he didn't care, he wouldn't play out the rest of the season and he wouldn't have put on a clinic like he has the last few weeks. So I think it's a good thing for Parramatta. I think Parramatta mm. should sign him for another year, but I think I would put really heavy stipulations on on his um, on his preparation and um, targets and KPIs around his, his, his own physical fitness. Tricky little one for the Melbourne Storm as they keep their eyes towards a top two, possibly even a minor premiership, uh, but uh, they won't have it all their own way against the Eels tonight who are in some pretty good form. That one getting underway shortly at Amy Park. You're listening to Off the Bench. Up next, we'll uh, get stuck into a look at what took place on Thursday night at Suncorp Stadium. Huge result, this one, for not just the winning side, but also uh, another couple of clubs in and around that fight at the bottom of the top eight. We'll get stuck into a great debate as well. I'm Akita Power Player. It's all still ahead of us. You're listening to Off the Bench and you're listening to it thanks to Kubota Diesel Generators, providing reliable, constant backup power you need when you need it and first choice liquor for all your liquor needs. Off the Bench for Kubota Diesel Generators and first choice liquor. This is Off the Bench for first choice liquor and Kubota for serious backup power. Welcome back off the bench, Benny Jones, and under the weather, Scotty Sattler, but he's powering through and uh, hopefully still with us as we get stuck into a look at what's still ahead of us. Round 23, some big matches to come as we get to the pointy end of the season, and uh, not forgetting that, uh, of course, we've got Sats Tips, a Makita Power Player, a driver's seat preview, and plenty more still on the show. So don't move too far. For Kubota Diesel Generator, serious backup power, and first choice liquor for all of your liquor needs, time on the show for... Let's get an NRL update for 7-Eleven. Tackle your lunchtime hunger at 7-Eleven. Good call. Yeah, it is indeed. Freshly ground coffee. It'll cost you just a dollar all day, every day at 7-Eleven. It is a good, good call. Thursday night review time. Sats and, wow, to to say this game was important for the Brisbane Broncos, one of the all-time big understatements we've had on this show this season. But, boy, they came through eventually. I do say eventually with flying colours, burst out of the blocks, were challenged mid-match by the Rabbits, but they steadied late and ended up winning pretty convincingly, 38 points to 18. But you were there calling it for NRL Nation alongside Peter Pasoldis and Gary Belcher, and you got the impression, Sats, early, that they just looked ready to go, the Brisbane Broncos. They did. They started off with a lot more energy, a lot more enthusiasm than the Bunnies. Um, you know, we know the Bunnies are, are missing some, some key players, most notably... Greg Inglis and Alex Johnson. So um, you knew that from a speed point of view, starting the game off was um, was always going to be challenging for South. But there's one thing, doesn't matter what team you're playing, there's one thing that you can control from any side, and it's energy and aggression. And just from the really from the outset, it, it seems though that South, South hadn't turned up to the party. Uh, it was quite disappointing, to be quite honest. Uh, Sammy Burgess is going through a, a real period of, of the season where he's, he's not playing the best of rugby league. His um his involvements aren't as brutal as what we're used to seeing them, and his individual efforts can turn any game. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I like the way the Broncos started the game. Anthony Mulford looked like he was on a a bit of a mission. The halves looked as though that they were in a really good rhythm and, and yeah. communicating well with each other, which has been probably one of their biggest concerns this year, the Brisbane Broncos. But uh, I was asked this morning. I was asked a question this morning. Do you think that with that effort last night, the Brisbane Broncos could actually go on and and make an impression in the finals. And it's, it'd be easy to say yes, mm. but the way that they faded out of the game last night and 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 capitulated quite easily at, at a really important time of the, the game, starting sort of before half-time, I say no. I, I just think in the finals, I just don't think the halves have been playing consistent enough 
good rugby league together as a, mm. as a partnership to keep their side into the into the flow of the game. Now, again, you don't want to ever insult the professionalism of any athlete uh, playing in the NRL because they go out week in, week out, wanting to win. No questions asked. But when you've had a week of turmoil around your football club, uh, and it does happen from time to time, there's that steely resolve. And particularly, as you mentioned off the top of the show, Sats, when you've got a character as, as highly respected and as loved as Wayne Bennett is, and he's been under fire through the week, did you feel as though that that was a bit of a statement game from the players? Uh, they didn't make it easy on themselves at all times, but to sort of stick it up, the, maybe the media, maybe some of those people that are, are suggesting that the Broncos are about to fall away, that there seemed to be a bit of a statement in that result. Yeah, there was. Uh, interviewing Anthony Milford, as we said earlier on, after the game, the question was, was asked of Anthony Milford by Scott Prince. He said, you know, it's been a week of turmoil. Um, how are we able to put that aside and focus on tonight's game and Anthony Milford said we've got a strong playing group and we love our coach and and to me that said it was a real let's do it for the coach type win it was let's silence the critics let's just tell everyone that you know, we're a really happy playing group and we're going to beat one of the competition favourites you know you're saying it was a really important game for Brisbane to, to just keep the Tigers at bay it was a an equally important game for the Rabbits as well because they have an opportunity yeah. to possibly take a minor premiership. They're sitting equal with the Roosters at present on the competition ladder and, and they let that they let that fall away in a, at a time of the game when they got themselves back into the game at 18 all mm. and then just capitulated. Yeah. It, was, it was a really big play midway through the second half by Anthony Milford. Souths were on the front foot. They were winning every battle. And then Anthony Milford early on in the tackle count just uh, got the ball a very wide uh, received a very wide pass and on the front foot put a really nice well-timed kick into the end goal. They got a repeat set and from that repeat set they scored, didn't look back after it. So yep. uh, it was one small moment from uh, a mm. player that has been questioned about his ability to control a team and control a game and manage a game, Anthony Milford, and he just answered all those critics in, in one little swift movement last night. The Broncos 38, the Rabbits 18. Huge start to round 23. Just as a sign-off note on this one before we have a listen, sats to some of the match highlights thanks to our NRL Nation call team. You talk about looking forward and as to what sort of impact these two sides could have come finals time. Uh, the Rabbitohs should still finish top four, although that's not a given. The Broncos now look as though they, they should, with their run home, be able to finish inside the top eight. But it's some defensive concerns you've got for both teams. With a couple of weeks to go before the finals, it's, is it something you can flick the switch on? Or do these two sides just back themselves in to say, all right, we'll give you 20, but we're going to score 24 or 30? How do they approach this? Yes, yeah, South, yes. South are one of those sides that, that can go toe-to-toe with you from a, a scoreboard point of view, whereas the Brisbane Broncos, not so much. They really have to graft out their their tries and their results. Um, but South, defensively, um, because they've got... Uh, Dane Gagai moved to fullback without any, any Alex Johnson. Um, also, not their regular winger, Campbell Graham and, and Greg Inglis. So they've got a group of young players that are playing in those outside positions, the centres and the wing positions, that don't have combinations. In, when we talk about combinations, we think, oh, it's combinations in attack, which means a lot, but even more so in defence, knowing your inside man and whatever move he's going to make, you're going to have to rec- uh, replicate that as well and mirror yep. that as much as you can. And and that's just missing with South at the moment. That just comes back to their regular starters that aren't in those positions mm. that, that know how to react in, in certain situations. South, though, you know, they really need to... The last two games of the season, they really need to start sending a bit more of a statement because, 
Yeah, I, I was really concerned with the way that they started their game last night. Just their forward pack, and especially Sam Burgess, who is their leader, is not leading at all. All right, there you go. Thursday night review for 7-Eleven. Krispy Kreme Hershey's Cookie and Cream Donuts available now at 7-Eleven. Good call. The Great Debate for Kubota. Diesel generators for serious backup power. All right, we're going to get a couple in here. Kubota diesel generators uh, providing reliable constant backup power you need when you need it most. Uh, Sats, one without notice. The Melbourne Storm and Cam Smith allegedly at a bit of an impasse at the moment regarding a one-year extension for him to play on into 2019. Yeah. Is the figure around a million? And if so, is he worth a million at his age? Uh, And and with what the Storm are trying to obviously redevelop and rebuild? Billy Slater going, you lose. Yeah. A really senior player, you know, one of the greatest players we've seen, especially at the Melbourne Storm. Um, is he worth a million dollars? There's so many things you've got to, you got to take into consideration, don't you, Benny? Uh, from a commercial point of view, does he does he engage the commercials, the commercial sponsorship? Um, are they signing to to be a, to be a part of the Melbourne Storm from a commercial point of view because Cameron Smith is at the club? Um, if so, are they going to continue their their relationship with the club, seeing that Cameron Smith's only going to be there a year and he won't be there any time after that. Mm. Um, yeah, when you look at your career, you, you start off at minimum level and then you, you'd like to think by about 20, sort of 5, 6, 7 and 28, you're, you're at your peak. Yeah. And then when you start hitting your 30s, you, you start you start coming down mm. into a trough when it comes to what you're what you're playing for um, and you're signing on for. Is he worth a million dollars? It's a... It's a, great, it's a great debate. Um, no. And I say that knowing that I'd have the wolves at my door uh, by saying <laughs> that. But yeah, No, I, if it's a one-year deal, I, I say no. If it was going to be a two- or three-year deal, I'd say yes. But yeah. it, what is he? He's, he's 30, turning 35 or mm. 36. No, I, I think you've probably got to expect as a as a player. Oh, you know what I'd be doing? I'd be, I'd be saying... As a player, if you can't offer me a million, what can you offer me? Yeah. I say it's 800000 for argument's sake, which still isn't a bad mm. um, <laughs> yeah. lunch wage. Yeah, not it? bad but at all. I'd be saying, hey, listen, can I make the other 200 up by being engaged in signing some of the commercials if I am able to get commercial yeah. sponsorship across the line? Again, you've got a salary cap concern there. Mm. But if you're able to add X amount of dollars to the bottom line from a commercial point of view, you should be remunerated for it. So I, I think at the back end of your career, it could be a um, it could be something the NRL looks at, that players over the age of 33, or if they're looking to sign them on, they get involved in some sort of commercial commercial sponsorship role as well, able to engage uh, commercial sponsorship, that they should be able to be remunerated for it. Fascinating situation, and all part of our great debate for Kubota, diesel generators for serious backup power. As we head to the break, uh, let's catch up with uh, the great man, Paddy Dangerfield. He's got another fishing tip for us, all thanks to Anaconda. Patrick Dangerfield here with another fishing tip for Anaconda. Play more, pay less. Catching fish is more about finding the food the fish will be feeding on than it is about finding the fish themselves. For a successful fishing trip, it's important to have a good knowledge of the feeding habits of the fish that you're going to be chasing and understand how the ecosystem you're fishing in functions. Bringing the right bait and lures goes a long way to catching the right fish. That's another fishing tip for Anaconda. Get a bonus pack of mustad jig heads with the purchase of any packet of Berkeley Gulps. So there you go. Thank you, Paddy. Anaconda, get a bonus pack of mustard jig heads with the purchase of any packet of uh, Berkeley Gulp. But we're going to take a quick break when we return. Makita Power Player and also a driver's seat preview. You are listening to Off the Bench. Off the Bench for Kubota Diesel Generators and First Choice Liquor. 
This is Off The Bench for First Choice Liquor and Kubota for serious backup power. Yeah, well, the weekend arriving and First Choice Liquor have got all your liquor needs taken care of, so uh, make sure you pop into your nearest uh, store to grab uh, all of your refreshments ahead of uh, what promises to be a big 48 hours. Also, thanks to our great friends at Kubota, uh, doing some amazing things week in, week out there as well with the diesel generators for serious backup power. On Off The Bench, it's time to find out who Sats is nominating for this. The Makita Power Player for Makita's Cordless Power Garden Range. Yeah, let's get into it. Cordless Power Garden Tools. They'll power through the toughest of jobs. Makita, when power means business. What do you got for us, Sats? Oh, I want to send a shout-out to Matty Scott as our power player. Matty yep. Scott is a, a great kangaroo and... Uh, state of origin front row and also with the North Queensland Cowboys. He's only played with the North Queensland Cowboys. And this has flown under the radar a little bit, Benny. He, he brings up his 250th game this weekend. Mm. And, um, and this is on the back of a, a career-threatening neck injury. Every, and even myself, we all thought that when he made a comeback probably about three or four weeks ago that he was going to decide after that based on how he would f- feel during the game and how he, he would recover after the game, whether he may call it quits. But he's saying that this neck injury is not going to stop him and um, to bring up 250 games he's a turned uh, 33 about probably two weeks ago I think it was and yeah. comes from a, a, just out near Longreach uh, which is a, a great country town in Queensland and um, yeah the front rower is uh, bring up 250 games he's played two, uh, 22 tests for Australia I think he's played about the same for Queensland 22, 22 state of origin games for Queensland so he's a, he's been an absolute colossus for that club yeah yep. And really, he's really gone against the the mould of a front row because usually a front rowers have got to be you know, six foot three, six foot four, yeah. And yeah, you know, Jordan McLean's and your know, uh, Jesse Bromwiches and Nelson Sofasolomana and David Clemmer, these six foot three, six foot five front rowers, and yeah, he's barely six foot, six foot one, and has been able to churn out two hundred and fifty games. It's mm. uh, it's an amazing effort. Yeah, and I, I have to agree. There's satire. No doubt that uh, it's correlated with the Cowboys looking a lot more competitive. And even, obviously, as we saw last week against the Broncos, winning that game, since he's returned and got back to somewhere near full fitness, uh, they are such a better side. And I know it all comes back to a case of what if for season 2018. But to get to 250 games, no matter who you are, and particularly when you've overcome that many setbacks, I think he is a fantastic nomination for our Makita Power Play. Makita's cordless power garden range when power means business. The driver's seat preview for Kubota skid steers. Power at your fingertips. Yeah, let's get this rolling. Last week for Kubota's BX Series, the all-rounder that's up for just about anything, reigning Bathurst champion David Reynolds joined the boys in the studio. He told Maddie and Steve just how disappointed he's been with the last two rounds at the Queensland Raceway and at the Sydney Supernight. So for Kubota Construction Equipment, delivering power and performance, speak to your Kubota dealer, Let's take a little listen. When you win races and constantly on the podium, you kind of expect it to all the time. Yep. But our sport's like super competitive. So, yeah. So <laughs> when you come six and seventh, you get like bitterly disappointed with it <laughs> and you try and like rationalize everything. But then you realize it's just a super ultra competitive sport. And sometimes, you know, you can't get the setup right and you're going to have to settle for six, seventh, eighth. Well, you qualified eighth. You're in the top 10. So you're reasonably pacey. But. There's a lot of people from probably ninth to 26 that would love to be disappointed with eight. Exactly right. You know? I but know. I guess it shows that you're you're setting the bar high now because of how you started the year. It's been it's been mega. You've you've been always up there. You've had that many podiums. But um, I guess when you look back at it now, that eighth and, and where you finished was is probably a, 
average. A bit of a below, <laughs> below, below par performance for you guys at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Um, it sucks. I'm not going <laughs> to sit here and tell you how good eight is, but it's just not. Um, most of it's actually, you know, we can qualify okay, but it, most of it's just down the start. The last two events, I've had terrible starts, and I'm generally known as one of the good good gun starters. Well, we all saw you in Darwin where you just took off SVG style. In fact, I'm going to say that Shane Van Gisbergen saw you in Darwin and he thought, copied me. you know what, this is great. I'll just start doing a Dave Reynolds a bit more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So there you go. This week on the show, the driver's seat. Yeah, we're joined by another Bathurst winner in Nick Perkat. He'll speak to Maddie and Steve about the upcoming round at the new track that is getting all tongues wagging, really, at Tail and Bend. Really exciting stuff. Catch the guys Sunday on the driver's seat for Kubota's mighty M71. It has massive pulling power. And don't forget, you can join in the conversation with us, myself and Sats, uh, by jumping onto Facebook and Twitter and heading to the page off the bench crew. We'd love to hear from you. We're off to a break when we return. Sats' tips for round 23. What's left of it are coming up. Off the bench for Kubota diesel generators and first choice liquor. It's time for Scotty's Tips for Big Four Holiday Parks. Book your next great Australian break at bigfour.com.au. It's a ripping website full of hints and advice and tips and do's and don'ts. Book a great Aussie escape at bigfour.com.au forward slash great Aussie escapes. And Sats, I know we've already had a Makita Power Player for the uh, for the week, but can I nominate you as a very late Makita Power Player? Because how you've powered through this hour, I'm not sure. You are just about to pass out, it looks as though, <laughs> uh, but you've done very, very well. So uh, a big pat on the back for you. Not much work to go. Round 23, what's left of it? Let's get your tips and let's start with the three games Saturday, starting with your beloved Penny Panthers taking on the Newcastle Knights. Be an interesting one. This one, uh, Kalen Ponga is lining up in um, number one jersey, but playing 5 8. It looks as though against the Penrith Panthers. James Maloney out, so it's a yep. big out for the Panthers. I think we'll see Ivan, not Ivan Cleary, Nathan Cleary. I think we'll see Nathan Cleary just, just free the shackles a little bit more and take a lot more control of the side. Because of that, normally you'd say James Maloney out. That. Um, that uh, would hamper the Panthers, but I think him being out will actually probably strengthen them. So I'll say the Panthers. All right. Uh, Tigers, Dragons, still a big game and um, plenty in it for both of these sides because unbelievably, should the Tigers win, they'll only be a game behind the Dragons who we know are in a bit of a, a case of free fall at the moment, Sats. Yeah, it's that Leichhardt Oval. It's not on a Sunday afternoon, which is usually, um, historically has been almost impossible to beat the Tigers on a sunny Sunday afternoon in Leichhardt. But it's on a Saturday afternoon, so much to play for. Tigers fans will turn up in droves, I think, as will the Dragons fans, because it's so important for both these sides. I think the Tigers are favourites, funnily enough. Yeah. And even though the Dragons um, are still in the, the top eight and, and sliding, uh, but I think the Tigers will win. Yeah, I think Benji, Robbie Farah, Moses Umbai, they've just added that polish and that class to that side. Mm, keeping their season alive, according to our man Sats. Third game of the day, Sharks and the Cowboys, of course, as you mentioned earlier in Matty Scott's 250th. Yeah, uh, I think the Sharks. Uh, um, the Sharks, to me, are, I think they're really the side to beat uh, for the Premiership this year. I, yeah. I, I just love everything they're throwing up. They've got a head-to-head. They've got a, a good history against the Cowboys as well. Um, so yeah, so I think the Sharks. And even, even though Wade Graham is injured, I still think that they'll have too much power. Okay, yeah, good stuff. And uh, we know that through the week, of course, veteran Paul Gallon uh, signing another one-year extension on his deal. So he could be playing till he's 40 at this rate, Paul Gallon. Bulldogs-Warriors on the Sunday, the first of two games to see out the weekend. Uh, of course, the Warriors, they're no sure thing in the eight, so it's must-win for them. And I think you're backing them in, Sats. Yeah, I think 13-plus, actually. I just think they're going to have too many points. They were pretty ordinary last week against Newcastle and the Warriors, but 
they just did enough to win. Sometimes you you get dragged down into the way that your opposition are, are playing also. But um, I think the Warriors... I think the Warriors are actually going to do a fair bit in the finals. I think I'm part of the minority, and I think they'll... Um, I think they'll put a big score on the Bulldogs. All right, in the final game of the weekend, the Raiders take on the Roosters. Yeah, difficult one, this one. Um, and you wouldn't think it would be, but the Roosters only just got over the top of the the Rabbits last week when the Rabbits were high, heavily depleted with their key players and 18-14 scoreline. Now, the, the Raiders are one of those sides, they know they can't make the finals, so they'll take the shackles off and just try and experiment a little bit. And that, that can actually upset you defensively, where the Roosters are the best defensive side. There's probably only a few sides I think that can rattle the Roosters' cage, and I think the Raiders is one of them. Um, I think the Raiders cause an upset here. Okay, there you go. That's a look at round 23. Sats tips for Big Four book now at bigfour.com.au. A Panadol, some Vicks Vapor Rub, and a bit of a light out oh. for you, Sats, I think is the order of the day. But thanks, as always, for your contribution here on Off the Bench no, for Kubota. Thanks for getting me through, Benny. No, no problem at all, mate. <laughs> it's a team effort. Uh, first choice liquor as well. Maybe a, a couple of uh, a couple of little nips of brandy or scotch or something might, might help as well. Uh, they've got all your liquor needs taken care of. We'll catch you same time next week. Thanks for joining us right here on Off the Bench.